Welcome to the sixth episode of the Animal Riot podcast, brought to you by Animal Riot Press, a literary press for books that matter. It's your producer, Katie, here, and this episode has been edited to reflect our new name. If you're new to the Animal Riot community, welcome, and you can find out more about us at AnimalRiotPress.com. Now on to the episode with your host, Brian Birnbaum, and today's guest, Ian Anderson. Right now, we're here with Ian Anderson, co-founder of Mason Jar Press and Indie Press out of Baltimore. And just really quick, today's challenge, or this hour's brand of fuckery, is brought to you by The Holiday Hangover. And the challenge is for us to consume these profoundly middling beers, which I'm holding up now. It's cheers. 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 And to do so without once complaining about gluten or hops or the lack of Trappist alchemy. Yeah, okay. So how about we introduce you? Or introduce yourself. Me? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm Ian Anderson. I'm the editor-in-chief of Mason Jar Press, also one of the co-founders, along with Mike Tager. We've been going strong now, or going at a steady pace anyways, for four years, about. The the beginning of Mason Jar Press is kind of quasi. Like, I don't know which was the actual beginning of it. We kind of fell into it. Hmm. So Maybe the first time, maybe the first book that came out. Is that maybe well, the... Well, so, yeah... It, but then there's which one was the first book? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we want to get into the history of yeah, Mason let's Jar do it. Press. Um, let's, okay. But the, I just want to mention before we do that is that be, it, that Mike doesn't even know what a podcast is. So yeah, doesn't know. A, so he, he won't listen, He won't hear this. We can say whatever we want about him. So um, yeah, and he has he has so he's basically got an object permanence issue where he's like, we don't exist right now. Yeah, we're in no, some anything that happens here <laughs> is none of Mike's concern. You okay. never know about it. Great. Yeah. Okay. So Mason Jar Press, uh, I went to University of Baltimore here in Baltimore and graduated in 2014. And as part of that program, you have to self-publish your book, your final manuscript, your thesis is a self-published book. So you have to Ooh. write it, you have to design it, and you have to get it printed or handmade. Some people do handmade books yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I needed a name for the press that I was making up right there for my thesis, which was, you know, just going to be 200 books and that was it. And I put Mason Jar Press on there. So that's kind of technically the first Mason Jar Press book, but Mason Jar Press was not a thing when I did that. And then a year or so later, Mike wanted to put out a chat book and I'm a designer and he asked me to design it. And I, it was pop poetry. Yeah. This is pop, the pop poems collection. I think is what he called the pop culture collection. Okay. Uh, I forget what we ended up calling it. You can't it, even remember. No, but it was book. three books, three <laughs> mini chapbooks, poems on Tay Diggs, poems about mm. Patrick Swayze, <laughs> and poems about the Hoff, David Hasselhoff. I love it. Yeah, so I... <laughs> this explains the pop culture segment of your guys' podcast. Yeah, basically. Which, is it is it called Mason Jar Press Podcast or something? Or what, what's it, like Mason Jar Press presents okay, cool. the Pop Bang. I produce it and edit it and all that, so, mm-hmm. but do not host. So yeah, so uh, Mike came to me and wanted me to design those books, so I, I did. And as I was reading them, first of all, the poems are hilarious. He has a love poem to Tay Diggs where it says, I love you like I love my wife. <laughs> and reading it, I was like, in the back of my head, I, I knew like from doing the, the thesis project for University of Baltimore, I was like, this is doable. I could publish other people's books. Like there's a pathway where like, you know, like in old times, olden days, like back in the 90s, mm. you know, to, to be a publisher, you, you needed a lot of capital and stuff and, and resources and all that. And in 2018, 2015, it's not the same thing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of anyone can start a press, you know, for the cost of an Adobe suite. Yep. You know. Print on demand is a beautiful print on, thing. Print yeah. on demand. Even so we don't print on demand. We, we work with a printer. but You guys just do print runs? We do print runs, uh-huh. yeah. But we work with shout out to Spencer Printing in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. They are the coolest. Oh, we got we got to check them out. Have we checked them out yet? Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, check them out. They're yeah. the best. We've been working with them the entire time. They print all of our books. The prices are exceedingly reasonable. It's digitally printed, so it's not like you know offset or anything like that. They have those capabilities, but we don't do that because it's just not cost effective Mm -hmm. to do it but yeah like the power to actually start a press now is really i think people think it's harder than it actually is to start a press yeah running a press is a different story but if you just want to start it that's you know scaling it is a scaling yeah Yeah, scaling is different but but if you just want to put a book out there Mm -hmm. i mean even if you wanted to self-publish like Mm -hmm. 
you can do it. You can print books for four dollars a piece and sell them for fifteen. That's actually like, how we started. Yeah, I made some like sort of flippant, invidious text to all my friends here. All my friends live back here in Baltimore, except for save like two of them. Maybe. Yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm just gonna leak. I had a, I had a. I had my novel in with a couple of presses still, but you know, I was I was expecting the same old rejection, right? Yeah. And I made some comment about that, and then that's how John approached us, John Kay, our our third co-founder. Uh huh. And so here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. I was I was gonna self-publish it. You know, right. I was that, well, I was threatening to. I yeah. was threatening the cosmos to self-publish my, <laughs> my book. <laughs> yeah, and you know, self-publishing gets a, a, a bad rap, but it's I one I think. That's because there's a lot of bad self-published books out there. But yeah. That doesn't make self-publishing bad. Yeah, Gatekeeper is good and bad, right? Yeah. Like, there's a there's a lot of shitty books that come out when you let anyone publish a book. Right. But at the same time, like, that's what one of my favorite writers. I don't know how many times I'm gonna say his name on this podcast. He's he's gonna start thinking I'm stalking him or something. But Sergio De La Pava, I don't know if you've okay. heard of him. Um, um, not as familiar enough. You should. You should ch- I, don't, I don't know if you're into the whole maximalist thing, but he's kind of like a modern day Joyce. Okay. Like you know, he's got he his first novel was that like the Ulysses of kind of the new millennium. You know what I mean? It's called A Naked Singularity. I could not recommend it. Okay. More. But basically, he self published it. Well, his wife did. I really have told this story a billion times, but I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> I haven't heard it. He so. he he tried to get a he tried to get an agent for three years. No one would take it. Too difficult. You know, I'm using air quotes now. Like, you know, all that shit. Same old crap. And his wife, like, pseudo-secretly self-publishes it, somewhat furtively, I guess. Yeah. And it just blows up. And then University of Chicago Press picks it up. Uh, I think think it sold, like, 30,000 copies or something. And that's the thing, right? Like... If you self-publish, that doesn't mean that's the end of the road. Right. 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 Like somebody. Although they'll tell you that. They tell you the, that. The but people it's not in the true. industry will tell you that, and it's, it's not, not true. true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can you can print with a small press and still be picked up by it because we're doing numbers that do not hurt Random House, right? Yeah. Like we're. I'm thrilled how much how many books we've sold, but like, I'm sure one of the, a middling seller for Simon and Schuster or you know Penguin sells outsells us and they consider it a failure right yeah, yeah so like the numbers we're doing are not affecting the big five or the big how many are we at now because they keep consolidating at, at the still five they're working on four yeah like they they are they it's are gonna be the on big four. one yeah it, at some be, point and well, amazon's gonna own it the, yeah right that that's very true that, that makes me think of a question that we t- we spoke about this i think on our second episode and one of my ideas is like and i don't know if you agree with this but i really think that the big five or whatever they do kind of consolidate themselves to at some point really should just start being okay with relinquishing literary work because that's not where they make their money anyway and they do kind of a shitty job at it you know they don't pick clearly like books like a a naked singularity are a great example right like this book is clearly on fire yeah. No one can recognize that or everyone's too scared to recognize that because it's too difficult. I think know? it's the latter. I think they can't figure out how to how to market that, Exa- that right. kind of book. Right. It's not a so I, and I wonder how did his wife do it? I, I would love to talk to her more about it and like, you know, she's amazing. I've spoken to six. I thought, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And we're we're gonna have Sergio on to talk about actually criminal justice because in addition to being a just like tour de force writer, he uh-huh. he's a, also a public defendant. Him and his wife are. So somehow they fit in the time to do all of yeah, this shit. It makes me feel like an asshole. I know, but <laughs> I don't know. I can't write and like go to the grocery store in the same. Way. Like <laughs> I gotta pick one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we have drugs for that now. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> or an app at least. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I that that that, that kind of struck me because I just I really feel like they're doing a bad job at it, and 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 they're doing a great job at making a shit ton of money on other stuff. Well, I mean, keep, that's what keep doing that. You know, make some cookbooks. That's great. You know, you know, I um, they survive on their tentpole books, right? They, so they only need they publish. I I have no idea what the numbers are. I'm making these up, but let's say they publish, you know, fifteen books a month, right? Mm-hmm. They only need one of those books a year to, blow to up. hit. That's to their pay business for model. the other one, and they're just yep. guessing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you put in obviously. The quality of the work matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but there's a lot of good stuff written that people don't read or never find out about. It's what becomes, you know, what's the biggest book now? Well, probably Michelle Obama's Becoming, but uh, (laughs) not that one. That's a bad example. I don't know. Pick your Dan Brown, though, like Uh your Dan Brown Da Vinci Code. Like, why is that 
an international bestseller, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit luck. I, he's really good at what he does. Sure, um, sure, yeah. You know, if that's your cup of tea. Yeah. And I'm not making any judgments on, on Dan Brown's Oh, there's a, the, we, there's a whole uh, lecture making judgments on Dan Brown. What, what is that one called? An- Anthony Doors, that's his name, right? There's this, I don't, have you ever heard of this? Uh-uh. There's this, like, there's a thing, this thing that's, like, it, it's on some random cloud app. Okay. Like, you know, I don't even know if it's, like, iTunes. I, I have no fucking clue. But he just breaks down the first page of the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, you know, just kind of like pointing out like, oh, here's simultaneous action. This doesn't work. This is shitty writing. It's pretty funny. But I mean, I, I, I'm not knocking that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, and other like, people are writing. people have read that book. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it, what he does, what he's doing, he's clearly great at. Yeah. And I don't care. And I think that big publishers should continue to publish that stuff. Well, they should that's just, the thing, They should right? just stop meddling in literary fiction as much unless they're going to start putting their weight behind it because that's the problem they're taking on authors one of those 15 literary books let's say i don't like you know yeah we don't know the numbers one of them is going to pick up a little bit then they're going to throw some publicity weight behind it everyone else is mid-listed or whatever Mm -hmm. and then you're fucked you know and it's like at that point what's the difference between being between that and being published with a indie press or something like that you know and i think well, I think also what you're seeing is, you know, because power has been consolidated so much at the top, it's kind of become, and the, the means of distribution, the means of, of creation have become so democratized, you're starting to see all of these little, you know, presses pop up. I think mm-hmm. you would find Like music. More, and music. Right? I always music, say that too. But yeah, music, yeah, like and, music. Pre- and, and books are, are very, you know, similar in, in, top, in terms of business yeah, but, dynamics or yeah, whatever. I, I just feel like I feel like literature is just like a little behind the curve because of how long it takes to consume a book, and you know, to start a press feels like a little more involved than it's than like anyone can kind of create their own music studio in their basement and kind of like put out an album. Yeah, know, in a little bit. Yeah, know? I mean, I kind of feel like we're making mixtapes down in the basement sometimes with Mason Jar. Mm. Like we're good at it, but like I feel like we're just making mixtapes in the basement sometimes. <laughs> like with the books themselves, yeah, or kind of the whole the like whole the whole recipe know. kind of thing. Yeah, I like I say this all the time. I'm like, man, I'm so glad no one knows we're faking this so much. <laughs> like. <laughs> And it's working. It really is. But like, at least you're not I wearing not, a suit and tie while no, you're doing it, like the other no, people are. Yeah, I mean, but I like, <laughs> I was not endowed with any great knowledge of how to publish a book, right? Uh-huh. Like, I'm just a moron figuring this out as I go. Yeah. And I feel like that's most people, if we're like willing to admit it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like a kid playing dress up all the time. But uh-huh. that's just me in life. But you know, good books. You I know? do, and well, that's the po- that's so, the important part. You know, that's so taste is taste and content are always going to be king. Right. Mm-hmm. When we publish a book, I know we're going to sell that book because it's really well written. And all I have to do is not fuck that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. Something else I'm curious about is what do you guys do anything around Baltimore? Because we're we, we were talking earlier before we before we got on the air, yeah. so to speak, just about getting involved in our community and how we we want, you know, who cares if we know about publishing? We'll figure that out as we go. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of really interested in seeing, like, how can we get more people involved in what we're doing both on a practical level like literally like because we have all these artists coming on board and like making illustrations for our website and like you know all these contributors and whatnot and also just like kind of spreading the idea of our reading series right like you know just how do we get people in a proverbial room to start caring about what we're doing and start caring about critical thinking and literature in the way that we do, you know? Yeah. I mean, you guys are doing better at that than we are. <laughs> like, well, we, jar. The, well, the reading series, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you know, that's definitely been g- great. We just started the the whole press, but I mean, you guys have been doing this longer than we have, you know? Yeah. Well, we've been doing the press, uh, I guess, longer, but the question of how do we, how do we con- connect with community is one that I do think about a lot, and I haven't totally wrapped my head around how to do it yet. But you guys were involved with Writers and Words over there yeah. for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, Mike and Michelle Gino started it. Well, Michelle started it, and Mike was a, a quick follower, I think. is. And the, Michelle's the one, she's the one who came and read, and God damn it, I'm pl- blanking on the book that uh, I just heard the name of. Notes from my phone? Notes my, from my phone, Mason yeah. Jar Press, yeah, I, lo- I, I loved her reading, by the way, yeah. Just, <laughs> Yeah, I, we smoked, had a, I, I just smoked too much weed. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> we had to convince her that that was a book. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was literally notes from her phone that she just wrote, like uh-huh. while in, like she wrote a memoir accidentally while in line at the grocery store. I feel like, like I feel like there's a risk. I I don't know if this is what she was thinking. Uh, this is what she was thinking. I feel like when you have something like that, 
you're like, shit, am I doing something that's just like super millennial? And like, you know, is this like too like Philistine-ish? Like, you know, but like, fuck it. Like, it was great, you know? Yeah, I mean, some people just suck at it. Some people are better at it, (laughs) like, you know? And (laughs) like, I think that's a little bit of like, you know, the puritanical work ethic just being placed on things. Like, well, if you work on it really hard, that makes it good. And if you do work on it really hard, that means it's bad. And it's like not true. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you could could write something in 20 minutes and have it be like on fire. Or you could spend 20 years writing something and it could be shit. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of time you spend on something does not necessarily Mm -hmm. mean how good it is. There's so Um, many other factors like yeah. temperament and like you know all that stuff and that plays in to be fair like we took the notes from the phone and there was editing and there was light editing we didn't want to you know destroy the the concept of it that it was literally just stuff she wrote while in line at the grocery store or whatever but we we did some light editing we reorganized to to give it more of a a, a narrative arc mm-hmm. and stuff so light touches on that one but so there was more work than just you know oh, i wrote this while i was at a stoplight just transferring um, transferring it from phone to but michelle's just to a word document good too. writer right <laughs> she can't help but write good notes uh-huh. <laughs> like uh-huh. her grocery list sounds like a poem like yeah. that's cuz she's a good writer uh-huh. like so uh-huh. You don't have to do much there. Broccoli or, florets. Bro- yeah, broccoli <laughs> florets. Or, and that next to, like, tissues. Like, <laughs> kind of tells a story in and of itself, right? Sure, yeah. Whether that story's interesting. I don't know. Uh-huh. It was interesting to us. Yeah. So you guys so you guys were involved with their, with oh, their reading Oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, right, so yeah. Writers and Words. And so we did that for a number of years. I stepped out. It's still going. Michelle's... Still running that with. Them. Were you guys help? Were you guys helping to host or like helping bring people there or just like setting stuff up or? I think yeah. So I the very first one when it wasn't a series, right? It was just a reading. I hosted it. Oh wow! That's Michelle just needed a host and she asked me to host. I it. need to pause you right there. I don't know if our our lovely producer Katie could hear this, but I, t- I tell her about the Baltimore accent because I'm from Baltimore too. Uh huh. And the, you said host. Oh. Do you know about that? Well, do I you know do, but here's the scary thing. Yeah. I'm not from Baltimore. Oh, you're not, but no. you definitely picked it up a little I'm bit. I'm from Philly. Uh, well, that that there, there might be a little bit of cross. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. from Philly, South Jersey. Interesting. But I've been. I went to school in on the Eastern Shore here in Maryland for undergrad. I went to grad school here in Baltimore, and now I've been living here for eight years. Okay, eight years so is long enough. Yeah, I probably yeah. say. Although I get it sometimes. I say home. Yep, home. That's the one. And that's also yep. Jersey, too. Yeah, that's, so, yeah, right, right. I guess yeah. it's more of like a that section. Anyway, continue. But I, I, don't I have, had to point that out. I tell my wife all the time, I don't have an accent. So. <laughs> but she's from Australia, so she really has oh, an accent. Oh, I see. Yeah. But the reading series, yeah. So I, I ho- hosted for um, <laughs> for the first one. And then I they brought, I don't know, I think I helped clean up chairs once. And then it was like, mm. hey, do you want to come to the next meeting? Yeah. <laughs> Help us figure out. So I was, we were doing, <laughs> figuring out who. Was who, that an AA joke, by the way? No. Because <laughs> no, that's what it sounded like. It was a different meeting. That literally is like, I'm on commitment. I'm yeah. going to go help fold chairs out here. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then I started helping out, figuring out like, okay, who's, who's the February list? You know, is this person said in something? Do we want to have them sometime and, and all that? So became more heavily involved in, in actually planning the reading series because Believe it or not, reading series, you don't just show up and do. <laughs> There's yeah. meetings involved. And I became an artist to like not do meetings and stuff, <laughs> so I really misjudged this. It's our, it's, I want to think it's like a, a product of our era, but I don't know. Everyone, yeah. everyone says that like Dickens had to promote his shit too, so who knows. It's true, and I, I think like there's a lot of great artists out there who don't have the follow-through to actually get their stuff out there you're looking at one of them i mean without without this lady sitting to my left i would be completely fucked (laughs) and writing into a void yeah in in my parents basement masturbating too much and you know smoking too much weed and eating a lot of oreos probably just doing all the things my dad would have done if he was a piece of shit but he's not (laughs) well at least you're out of the basement He's basically, that was a euphemism for, it seems like you've crawled out. <laughs> and now what will you do? <laughs> Brian looks very nice. <laughs> Just haven't shaved for a few days. He looks That's like it. a nice guy. Yeah. I, but no, hey, I'm wearing clothes that my mom bought me for, for the holidays. There you, you know? go. So, well, it looks you nice. Know, I'm kind of I'm getting, I'm, yeah, I'm getting, I'm a, I'm a pupil of, 
of rich folk who have taken me under their wing, I guess. <laughs> I need to find rich folk. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like a low class person. I feel like I read recently that people can tell whether you're poor or rich just from looking at your face. Like the study that they recently done. I think I definitely have a poor face. <laughs> like people can just smell it on me. Like I went to the, the store to get my wife's like Christmas present and I just could not get helped. I was in like the jewelry <laughs> store and everyone was like, mm mm. Oh dear. Yeah. It was like, I think I just look like a poor person, which class I mean, it's fine. Like I watch wrestling. I like. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, we you were were you the one who said wrestling is like the modern form of Shakespeare? It is. It uh, is. You, so you were the one who said because yeah. Okay. And okay. I have to give credit to Anthony Mall who hosts our podcast. He and I talk about this a lot, so it's his theories more than it is mine. But yeah, yeah, he has a memoir out out of, out of step. It's really good. People. Oh, nice. With with who? Ohio State Press. Uh, Ohio State University Press. Nice. He won their contest. Oh, cool. And they, yeah, his memoir is really cool. Yeah, it's it's much his theory as, as mine. But yeah, no, they like they perform in the round. They uh, it's like low brow because like Shakespeare's was low brow like comedy for the most part. Yeah, there was a, the pit crowd. The pit yeah, crowd was like, was like four. They're just people, jeering right? at them the whole time. They're like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like now it's a struggle yeah. to get like high schoolers to read it. Men they think dress it's, like. like women and stuff like you yeah. know <laughs> which happens in wrestling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's costumes yeah i think but now I'm, we, I'm sure a wrestler has had a cod piece now at we some point oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Now, now we celebrate it yeah i mean jockstrap cod piece what's the difference right like we're gonna <laughs> do like you know the career of triple h is gonna be like a book that high schoolers dread reading in like 200 years or whatever like, like <laughs> i can't believe i have to read the the pedigree, the story of Triple H. <laughs> Transcribed. Uh, this is just like so highbrow and <laughs> yeah. falutin. I can't stand it. Man, maybe maybe that says something about us. Yeah. I don't know. It's like now everyone, yeah, everyone back then in like Elizabethan times were like, why the fuck? They, 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 if they time traveled, they'd be like, why the fuck are you reading this shit? Yeah. Like we had some dude out here that was actually writing some shit. You know? Yeah. You got messed We got to get. We, yeah. <laughs> We got to get him in contact with Rax, who just read her her latest book of poems is called The People's Elbow. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, you I'm gotta in. you gotta check it out. You had me at The People's Elbow. Yeah, and I had I confronted her about uh, where was Stone Cold Steve Austin in your poems? I was very upset because he was my man when I was growing up. Oh, I was never really a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, but like but 1998, everyone had some idea. Of yeah, what exactly. Wrestling was, right? exactly. That yeah. was was it bigger. Back in the late 90s or something? <laughs> it was. I can do the whole history of wrestling if you want. Mm, but Absolutely. Oh, yeah? And I can I can juxtapose it with Kobe Bryant's career as okay. like, to see when we... Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm starting off in like the 50s. <laughs> no, but wrestling was very regional. And then there was one person by the name of Vincent K. McMahon who had this idea to make it national. So he, he owned the New York Territory, which was WWF. I think it was WWF. 3W is in an F at one point. I'm seriously going to do the whole history of wrestling, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You could just do interlude music and cut to the end now. Yeah, sure, um, sure, sure. We can do whatever we want with this, so yeah. just go with it. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Uh, and then he made it uh, national in part because of Andre the Giant was uh, a national draw, so that made it more national. And then, of course, Hulk Lil Hogan. Wayne references Andre the Giant. Yeah. And, oh, uh, rappers love on wrestling. One, and, on, and on one with Drake and DJ Khaled and everything yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Ric Flair references, too. Yeah. In them, you know, a lot of woos. Yeah. I think in, in, in rap, too. Yeah, yeah rappers like wrestling. Yeah. Wale had a whole thing about wrestling. What? DC. DC rap. DC, yeah. And where was I? Oh, we were history. talking about the history right. of wrestling. Yeah. Andre the Giant. So then. There was a startup wrestling on the Turner Network called uh -huh. WCW, which was going against WWF. And then when are we right now? This is like, oh, so let me talk about the dark period of wrestling, which was like uh, early 90s. Beautiful. Yeah, the dark period of wrestling early when you 90s. had... Kobe, Bryan, Kobe Bryan is still in middle school at this point, by yeah, the way. Is he, okay, is so. he back stateside? Wait, wait, wait. No, he... Early 90s, like 8th, ninth grade, depending on when we're talking about. But yeah. Was he back stateside? Was he in Philly yet? He, I don't know. Yeah, he was. In, he grew up in Italy, so. Yeah. Like, he speaks fluent Italian, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he went to high school in Philly. This, is just, this just turned into a, somehow turned into a wrestling slash Kobe Bryant fanboy podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> books are done. If you came to hear about books yeah, we're and literature, we're turn fucked. it off now. We just, we, just we just inadvertently proved that... We're fucked. Yeah. It is an industry. Yeah. No, no, we can't even talk about books for an entire hour. hour. No, we're going to talk about wrestling. Yeah, so the early 90s wrestling was basically everyone's gimmick was like, I have a job. So like 
my whole like I'm the cable guy. I'm yes, the cable yeah, guy no, wrestler, like I'm yeah. a I'm a garbage man. Yeah. And it's like I'm a cop, and it's like oh, I don't think this. It's like the YMCA. It's like the YMCA of wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> well, there was there was a, a guy dressed as like a Native American, even though he wasn't Native American. So basically, yeah. that's the YMCA. Right, right? Sure, we had a construction sure. worker. Native we got American. all our bases covered. Uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels was wearing a lot of leather. So yeah. he's basically the what was he a biker? I don't know what that guy in the YMCA was. A meth head, probably. Meth head, yeah. <laughs> he's basically the meth head. So that was like the dark period where it was like everyone just has a job, and then WCW started up, which was owned by Ted Turner and like Turner Broadcasting. These are names I know but that I did not know were affiliated with uh yeah with wrestling. You know? Yeah, and what WCW no. started doing was throwing money at all the big people from WWF at that time to bring them over to WCW. So we're getting out of the dark ages or we're still in the dark So ages? this is like where it starts to turn over. So they're starting to throw a lot of money at, at the WWF guys and they start getting them all. So WWF doesn't really have anyone of like note because uh-huh. they've all been bought out. But it starts what's known as the Monday Night Wars. Can't believe Competing that. with Monday Night Football. <laughs> well, it was, so Monday Night Raw. Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. WWF Monday Night Raw yeah, yeah. was on Monday nights, and Nitro for WCW was on Monday. And nights. Nitro was that the name of the first N64 game? Wrestling? Really? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, Nitro, yeah. right? I'm sure. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that sounds probably. That was that like my right. favorite game that I played with my cousin in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and then, so that started the Monday Night Raw Wars, and then they started competing, and when they started doing that, they started getting more and more risque. Uh-huh. And the more and more, because it used to be for, like, little kids, right? And then it started being more and more risque and more and more for adults. And that's when they hit the peak of, like, wrestling power was, like, 98. Mm-hmm. And that's when... So eventually, WWF... Oh, 1998. We're at, oh. I think we're in the, the second or third year of Kobe Bryant's career right now. Yeah. So he's, 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 Any he's, titles yet? He's like a starter at this point. No. They won their first in 2000. Shaq came on, I think, around in 1998. So, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, where, that's where we're at. Yeah. How do you feel? So you're like a big Kobe fanboy. I was. And so so Kobe was my man, and now Steph Curry's my man. Well, I loved Steph since he was in Davidson, by the way. Not yeah. a bandwagon fan. Knew he was going to be a fucking hall of famer that's so, unimpeachable and, yeah he's and a nice un- guy yeah from all great. accounts he's great god i say he's that great. and then like someone listens to this later and we find out he's a terrible person well i'm not he, saying that's happening he but. did he did say he did recently i don't know if you heard about this he recently said that the moon landing was faked. I, yeah and then he he, retri- he said it was a joke we don't yeah, know if he really you know it because sure that's wasn't. like Kyrie irving said the, the earth Earth's was flat, flat. Yeah. and like kind of held to it for a bit and then retracted it and said like oh that was kind of a joke yeah so i don't know it's like it's I like mean, whatever. He can shoot he can shoot really well. He can dribble really well. He can pass really well. He's got the greatest vision since Magic Johnson. I'll give him a pass. If on if faking the moon landing. The moon, the, if, if if his greatest <laughs> sin is that he thinks the moon landing it's was not faked, that, yeah, come on. I can live with it. Yeah. I can live He's with not that. He's killing people. Have you ever seen his pregame warm-ups? You know, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Shooting from behind the sideline. Yeah, just well, like he in does the it from like the, the tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And he hits it like half the time. So what? Uh, he thinks the moon landing was faked. But, you know, what I found was really interesting. Let's bring this back to like a modicum of critical thinking. Oh, sure. Yeah. I didn't understand how everyone freaked out about that. Like, they were like, oh my God, he thought it was faked. I mean, you know, we got conspiracy theorists for everything. Yeah. Like, it's just- almost like. Like it's almost like accepted if you think nine eleven was an inside job, almost, almost. like not really, yeah. but like you know, like it's like people aren't gonna go, oh, oh like you know, something. Sure. You know, Most people, whatever. I mean, a lot of people think JFK, yeah, is same thing, right? All kinds of things, and like everyone freaks out about that, but like no one freaks out that like he thinks Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior, yeah, and like half the population doesn't think that's true, but a, but that's fine, we accept that, you yeah. Know? It's it's kind of weird. It's it seems like I don't know. No, it seems well, a little fishy to me. Yeah, it's I mean, like what do we decide that it's okay to believe in some? You know what? What is like probably not true. You know. <laughs> yeah, religion gets a pass on conspiracy it does. theories. It I, does, and it's not considered a because it's it's just accepted. Well, I forget what into the zeitgeist, God, I can't rolling hear. zeitgeist. This is just something I picked up in the ether. It's a quote, and I can't remember who said it or whatever. Like, but the difference between a cult and a religion is a couple hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> like that's. I yeah. think that's kind of true a little yeah. bit. Like, I mean, Christianity was considered a cult at first. Mm-hmm. Whether whether you believe it or you know whether it is true or not, like it was considered a cult at first. Oh so. yeah, they're they're always gonna knock the Jews until yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway. yeah. There's all kinds of conspiracy theories. Like, have you guys spent any time on Reddit? 
Like um, we should talk about. Yeah, let me just let me just prelude that with saying that you know we were talking earlier. Yeah, about how we. W- Katie is getting involved on Reddit to try and, you know, promote. And it's, like, somewhat of a cesspool, but I honestly think... I think it is the most honest forum, maybe, on the planet Earth. Possibly. It's... Yeah, well, honest is an interesting question. So, like... In terms of human, like, humanity. Right. I'm going to see... Like, the good and the bad, you mean. Everything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, you're going to see... Like, you are not going to see that kind of unfiltered dialogue or, you know... You know, simul- simulacrum of dialogue, whatever, yeah. whatever goes on on Reddit, you know? Like, I used to spend a lot of time on 4chan, which is, like, Reddit times a thousand kind of thing, where it's, like, all I, anonymous. I've never heard of this. 4chan. Oh, you don't know about 4chan? No. Most of your favorite things on the internet and, like, most horrible things on the internet have started on 4chan. It's Is this, like, a, like an, another iteration of, like, E-Bombs World or something? Because that's where I saw things like Mr. Hands and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you know Mr. what I mean. <laughs> Funny story about Mr. Hands. Yeah, let's let's we'll we'll, we'll refrain we'll from dis- no 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 we can keep it, but we're gonna refrain from describing it. <laughs> no, yeah, I kind of had to explain to my mom what that was over Christmas. So in so, in like euphemistic terms, somehow. No, no, it's no, what, you just, exactly what you it just was. went. Yeah. You said this. You know, I was okay, like, all right. In Washington or Oregon, <laughs> some things aren't. Illegal. I think it was what? No, it was Washington. Well, okay. I think it was Washington. In Washington, yeah. some yeah. things aren't illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some people take advantage of those yeah. things. Yeah, well, you know, bestiality. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I, most yeah. So like 4chan, people are terrible on there. Like, and I'm like, oh, is that if you can be completely anonymous, which is what 4chan is about? Mm-hmm. Is that is that the most honest thing? Like probably. If I'm never going to get in trouble for what I just say, probably. Or is it? Or are like, you going to start? Are you going to go farther? Yeah. Or are you going to like what you become like the? Sh- are you going for shock factor? Yeah. Right? Do you have to one up yourself every time? And it's like I don't actually believe this, but I'm going to say it just to yes, like yes, 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 elicit response, which is kind of what we are as a society now. Like mm-hmm. I don't believe half the shit people say on the internet. I think it's just to get a response. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think that's clear. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's kind of seeped into everything else in in culture. Including politics, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like what's that's the, why Donald Trump is our president. Which brings me back to the Monday Night Wars. So they have having to re up <laughs> themselves. He's been on wrestling before. He's oh, yeah. been yeah. He's oh, in the WWE this is a, Hall of Fame. This is apropos. Let's not. That's not like some yeah. some frivolous transition. By the by way. the way, if by some miracle he hears this, you took the worst stunner in the history of stunners, and there's been a lot of bad stunners <laughs> taken, Donald Trump. There's going to be like six people who get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. good one. (laughs) Is that, what is that, like a segment of like Stone Cold Stunner or something? The Stone Cold Stunner. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stone Cold stunned uh, Donald Trump. And he looked like he, I I don't even know, it was like a fish on the dock that was also getting electrocuted. Like, just, he oversold it. Uh uh, But also didn't take it very well. It was it's bad. Look it up on YouTube, people. Yeah, he doesn't take many things very well. No, he doesn't take life very well. <laughs> to be quite frank. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about ICP Insane Clown Posse, which is actually a good transition from wrestling. I think so too. I think it's taking it up a notch a little bit. Yeah, the, uh, they have their own wrestling scale. federation, ICP. Yeah, there's an Insane Clown Posse wrestling like federation. Interesting. They get a lot of the old heads too from like wwe's heyday to wrestle for them yeah yeah Yeah. but okay so i was telling katie and uh, brian via email that i think this is my little conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. i think insane clown posse might actually be geniuses Mm -hmm. pretending to be dumb Mm. to i think a lot of people do that yeah they like they've sold millions of records they have a the gathering which is like the the big festival every year for for juggalos and juggalettes mm-hmm. and they're millionaires they've made movies and stuff too but they've they're millionaires they kind of run a little small media empire and they've done it with no radio play no pu- like press like wow you know like major publications will not talk about insane clown posse unless mm-hmm. it's in the negative mm-hmm. and they've acquired like they've built all this by basically word of mouth and like creating a small following that has grown. Wow. I don't think you can be dumb and do that. No. Unless you're insanely lucky. And that's, that's a possibility. The only other, that's it's the, a possibility. But like, I don't know if I believe in coincidences like that. No, uh, so uh, Katie's best friend down in Arkansas in Little Rock, Mariah, her brother, who, you know, he's a juggalo. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? 
No, no, no. God, no. Okay. I yeah. would never, I would never. Yeah. Do you like put their that music? No. No. no, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible music. So how did you? But you have you're enamored by them in yes. a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I can understand. I'm enamored by addiction. Yeah, I don't want to okay. be addicted to drugs. I love, but like I'm enamored by it. Yes. I love okay. serial killers. Okay. Yes. I'm not a big fan of their work, but I think they're <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. Like I want to know everything there is to know about a serial uh, killer. See, he he understands. Like you know, when I'm sitting there watching like different angles of 9/11 hit shots, and it's like, why are you in, enveloping yourself in this darkness? Yeah. Y you gotta sometimes. You gotta yeah. understand. You gotta try and understand what could bring someone to do something like this, you know? Right, and there's always that point where it's like, oh yeah, no, I can't. Like, that's not mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And that's so weird, because I want, like... I it's for the better. Oh, it's for well, the better. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would agree, I don't, yeah. But it's like, you can understand to a certain point, and then there's that threshold where it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I, I ain't about this. Like, I can't figure it out why you would do this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking about being a, an insane clown posse fan, not a serial killer right yeah, now. Right. Like I can't understand why you would go to the the. I want, I want a major publication to pay me to go to the gathering. Like I don't want to spend money on it. Oh, like a David Foster Wallace sort of yeah. commissioning where you're like going to the Maine Lobster yeah, Festival. Exactly. Or right. Like yeah. you know, someone pay me to go there, and I'll and write think about it. Yeah, they think you're going to write some like glowing review of ICP, but it's going to be just very objective. And, yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just going to like Gonzo journalism. Yeah, like, Gonzo journalism. Shit, we, have, shit out of that. we talked about that I think on our first episode. Some Gonzo journalism. Yeah. We talked about the beats and how he was like the only good one. But <laughs> <laughs> so insane clown posse. Uh, I had something. Oh, here's also why I think they're geniuses. They. I don't. Are you guys familiar with their their music at all? Uh, not at all. Okay. I mean, I think I think Katie might have shown me like one song. It might not have even been her. It like Fonz I, Pond, Miracle. Oof, Miracle, Miracle. You showed me Magnets. How the fuck do those work? <laughs> so there's also that is it. Yeah, Magnets. You showed me the, the video. There's now scientists who go to like the gathering or like outside and saying clown posse concerts to show the jugglers how magnets work. Uh huh. Like. They just set up a booth to show I almost them, respect them. them less. Yeah, like, you know, you know don't what I mean? On, it's like, on the juggle. Not even it's that. It's like, like, you do realize, like, these people don't want to be taught how magnets work. Or they know how magnets fucking work, and they're fucking trolling you. Well, the, the, the band is. Yeah. Right. But the juggalos themselves, like, they're like, yeah, man. Some. How do those work? <laughs> like, that is a miracle. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's Long magic. ass giraffes. That's the Illuminati. But yeah, anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> so they have their CDs, right? Like the the Dark Carnival. If are you familiar with the Dark Carnival? No, no. The Dark Carnival is a I metaphor. want to be. Yeah. The Dark Carnival is a metaphor, and the metaphor is basically for life. But they would have these. I th and I'm going to blank on this term. But they would have these cards. I think they were called the Joker cards. Yeah, they're the Joker cards. Okay. So they would have regular albums, but then every once in a while, one of their albums would be a Joker card. Which meant it was a special album that was going to reveal more about Insane Clown Posse, the Dark Carnival, and life itself. Oh, no. So they said, and I think it was the seventh Joker card. Was so how many? Was, seven, so their Joker cards are an interspersed album. Yeah. How yeah, many, not all the albums are Joker how cards. How many albums? If they have seven of those, how many albums do they have? I literally don't listen to their music, so I don't know. That is unbelievable. But they had... These, these people are, are just... I mean, they, they are, so they record. They do everything out of like their house. Basically, they're prolific. Yeah, they have a studio, like a home studio, yeah. that they record everything. Do you think they, they wear merchandise stuff of. like while they're in their studio? I think if they're gonna if they're gonna be in the media, like uh, they're they're gonna wear their clown makeup and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Got to keep it real. Yeah. So they said on the seventh <laughs> Joker card, the truth will be revealed. And do you know what the seventh Joker card was? Huh? Christian. It was all about Christianity. So they said being in the insane clown posse was actually all about Christianity the entire time. Oh my god, that is that is a scandal. They're fucking geniuses. I think they're brilliant, like Andy Kaufman level yeah. hilarious geniuses. Uh -huh, uh -huh. No one else believes me on this, and that's totally okay. You guys both have skeptical looks on your faces. Right no, now. I, 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 I thought my eyebrows were raised in, <laughs> in, in deep interest. But anyway, so <laughs> I've decided. Nah, they know exactly what they're doing. They're actually probably really smart guys, and I just I love them like I love serial killers. Do you, <laughs> do you know what 
Did you listen to it, the seventh one? No, the I, Joker? I've no? listened to two songs by the So you don't know possibly. what their reasoning was, like what, what no. the, how they revealed it or anything like that? I, there was I, a like, song. I like now have to listen to this. Yeah, there was a song that if I can like make it said through. it was all about Christianity, like wow. that Jesus is the answer. Wow. So are they religious? I don't know. I don't know that they're anything. But they're also really big fans of wrestling. And like old school Here wrestling, it is. and old school wrestling. This is literature, everyone. Yeah, we're, I'm bringing you know, it back. We're bringing it back. This is like an MFA story where it's like <laughs> we have the first paragraph. You know, we break to the past, and then we're coming back. You know, it's that's all my stories. Subscribe every story I ever wrote. <laughs> Seventh Joker card. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my so, god. Clown posse. Secretly geniuses. Yeah, that's really all I have to say. So where are they now? That was that was released when the Seventh Joker was was. Oh, mid aughts, I think. Like, okay, that's a long time ago. Yeah, that's yeah. They're still putting out music. Ago. They're still doing tours. They have their own label that they like. They sign. They created like a genre of music. So there's like other artists who do like insane clown posse type music mm-hmm. that they put out under their like insane clown. I the mat. I think it's Hatchet Man Records is the name of their thing. So like they put out like they created a whole subgenre that they're getting all the money so for. So they are and they, they are, have a they dedicated are base who buy all those out. They are serial killers. Hatchet Man Records. Of music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And culture. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How would the literary community emulate oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. How would the literary I am I my hand is over my eyes. How would the literary community emulate Insane Clown Posse's record label that's called Hatchet Hatchet Man Hatchet Man Jobs? Brian, it's a great great question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I think we should all emulate the Insane Clown Posse. They control all the means of distribution for their for their work, which is great. I will admit that is great. They I created just... like a little monopoly for their very small genre of music. Mm-hmm. Like, become hyper-specific and then control all of that. Uh, you know what? You know what? It's very true. It's literally what I was saying about how about how indie presses need to start taking over literary uh, fiction, nonfiction, poetry, all that stuff. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, the genre is a little different. Right. Yeah. I mean, a little. A Not little, everything. A, you know, a little. I mean, you did just equate ICP to... Uh, Shakespeare, so maybe not that different. Well, to be fair, I <laughs> I equated Shakespeare to wrestling, and I equated wrestling to, to sh- Shakespeare to, to, to insane clown posse. But, uh, yeah, so right, by the right, transitive, yeah. pro- you know, yes, yeah, yes, 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 that old yeah, the transitive property never fails. Does Basically, it? violent, <laughs> violent, was it violent J and well, what are their names? Violent who? Uh, who's the insane clown posse? Oh uh, well, how the fuck would I know? Uh, You're the you know. Yeah, but I'm into my let's, third yeah, let's, middling beer. Let, let's look. Are, are, are we looking at their members or something? There's two. Yeah, it's Insane Violent J. Clown Posse. My IP address is forever going to be Violent J. Corrupted and... by this search. <laughs> I am absolutely shocked by what I'm looking at right now. Whoop whoop. Their website, I cannot describe it. You have to go see it for yourself. Big ball, big, big ballas, big ballas. Christmas like at our house, lots of just albums. like gang signs. They got bling. I mean, they're kind of like rappers. Like, oh, they're rappers, but like with clown faces on. Okay, here, let's see. Let's go back and let's do a Wikipedia thing, right, real quick. You were trying to, yeah, Violent J. Violent J. Hit. Oh, they're an American hip hop duo. Yeah, I always thought of them as like supernatural and horror themed lyrics. Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope. How could I forget Shaggy Two Dope? <laughs> And it's, ju- it's just those two? Yeah. It's a posse of two. I remember, you know, I remember seeing a song, but I did not realize that this was like hip-hop. Like, I thought it was like some sort of like metal thing going on. Mm. Well, they're like horror. So it's like horror-themed hip-hop. Horror-themed hip-hop. Okay, so like yeah. metal. Every day is Halloween. Yes. Okay. Whoop, whoop. Do you know why? whoop, whoop? No. Do you know why I'm whoop, whooping? That's no. how one insane. That's how one juggalo calls to another. Whoop whoop. I always thought like, and then you go whoop whoop. No, ready? Let's try. Okay. Whoop 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 whoop. See now. We're so f- what do we do after that? Family, family. Then you chant family. Fam, family. Yeah, family, family. family. I think we just got initiated. Yeah, that's that's being a, that's <laughs> being a juggalo. 
That's basically and holy then they shit. That's like I'm gonna stick to Outcast when they see the cops. They're like who? Hootie who? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I feel. I don't know. I feel like I just took a drug that I've never taken before. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until you're like. Because I, I, I can see you like a week from now, like into the eighth album, like you know, it's all starting to kind of make sense here. Like, I <laughs> yeah. think I'm a juggler. Oh my god, Katie would divorce me. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. How the how the fuck do we tie this back into like what we actually do with our lives? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think how they did it was they tapped into something that people love, right? And love like. If you find something that people love and you put it out into the world, like those people are going to find it, right? Like if you're really into Insane Clown Posse kind of music, there's not a lot of avenues. So you're going to look for that thing and then you're going right, to find right. it. So again, I think it comes back to like put out good content that you love. So here's my question though, because we were talking about how the literary industry is kind of like emulating the music industry, mm -hmm. like indie labels that mm -hmm. started with music. I mean, you had you had the presses like Coffee House and you know Two Dollar Radio shit like that, but they were few and far between compared to like as soon as as soon as Jay Z's like I'm gonna start the rock, then Kanye's like on there and he's like fucking now I'm gonna start my own and then everyone's doing their own. That right. happens so fast. How do you get people to love a brand of literature? Yeah, that just feels so much harder, and like, and also be diverse, right? It, there's like a there's like a temporal, it's like prohibitively like time based, like you know, it's like you got to read a whole book and then decide, okay, I'm into this author, right? You know, or this press. Yeah. Do you find yourself into presses? Do you, I do. Yeah. Coffee house. I do too. Yeah. Coffee house. I'm really into. Where it's like, oh yeah, if they put out something. I want to read it. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you the two my two favorite books that came out last year. Were Stephen Florida and In the Distance, mm -hmm. fucking phenomenal. I mean, and like both by, but uh, but both Coffee House Press, both Coffee yeah, House. Gabe Habash and uh, Hernan Diaz. I mean, they're they're great. But yeah, so I guess they did it. Yeah, but they've been around for a long time. Coffee House has been around since like what the eighties. I, I think the eight, maybe the nineties. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's surprising. It's been a while. We'll, we'll have to fact check that. I'm yeah. completely wrong. But. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, other than that, like India, it just takes, <laughs> I was at a, I was at a meeting, a real estate meeting the other day. Cause my dad is like looking to like buy some property or something. And like, you know, and these people were like asking me about what I was doing with my life. And so I tell them, you know, oh, like, you know, we're, we're starting our own press and shit like that, you know? And they're like, oh, people still read books. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck? Don't you, I feel like we're selling to like artists kind of just selling to other artists sometimes. Uh-huh. Like, I know. I, I definitely feel like we're in an echo chamber sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like if you really like what we're doing, you're probably doing this yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, and I want to, and I, and I think that needs to be, we, th those like shackles need to be busted, you know? Yeah. No, that's something I totally agree with. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to take money. Cause people want to read. Artists, people right? want to read. Like there's no, there's no, there's no technology that's going to supplant literature. It's not possible. I mean, until we get like direct, like neuronal, like transmissions and like completely just subvert the human experience. You yeah. Know, right. But I mean, we're a long way from that. I mean, like weeks <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least. Jeff Bezos um, is working on it. Don't yeah, I? he is. He is. Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah. No. Uh, I could say some things about that, but we'll save that for another day. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it can't, like, you can't teach people empathy and existential understanding and critical thinking in any way except for literature. You can't. Math is the only other way I can think of. Math is like a logical paradigm where it's like okay you can start to understand things pretty deeply you know yeah but literature is the only other way that i know well and math and science i should say yeah, yeah but math sure. and science is like very exact right yeah, like there, yeah. there is a there which is, is a not right human wrong answer. which is not human condition which is know? not human yeah, condition yeah. right yeah, emotions are not rational covers all the other things mm -hmm. like math and science have this is right this is wrong we could play literature you have to be logical and emotional mm -hmm. because you can't write a book and not be logical you have to have yeah, no, you can't you just connect jump around. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Like, and then you're out of it emotionally because it doesn't make any sense. Right, right, right. I think they're actually probably more logical than than necessarily emotional. 
if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, let's take you on this journey and you'll have the emotions as we go kind mm -hmm. of thing. But if you don't have the tent poles of, like, the story structure, it, like, down, that, emo th that emotion's not going to happen. Yeah, it's unhinged. Yeah. It's completely just oh, unaccompanied. Wait, no, I just described poetry. Never mind. Yeah. That's just poetry, right? That's amazing. I love that he just said that. Katie knows that I, like, I kind of joke. I half joke about how poetry's bullshit. Oh, I just, it's totally bullshit. I so, love it. It's, it's my favorite. That's but. the thing. Yeah. It's like there are poems that I love, but like I do feel like poetry is because it's such a short form, that's a doorway for charlatans because it's like, oh, I don't have to try – like subconsciously, they're like, oh, I don't have to try as hard because I don't have to write something that's like – Are you talking about writers or uh, readers? Right. Well, both, but, both? Like, but mainly writers. I'm talking about mainly writers. Like, po like I just feel like there's so much shit out there. It's there's, like I mean, yeah, there's, there's so, shit for everything. And I, I, right? I fully admit that the proportion of shit in poetry equals the proportion of shit in fiction and yeah. nonfiction. Yeah. But like for some reason, it's just, so, and I could be completely biased, but it's just so much gl more glaring to me when I read because poetry is like you're really gonna stand there and talk in that voice. Oh, and like well, act like I'm like feeling something right poet now. Voice? You're talking about poet voice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can't write a poem. Yeah. I can't write a poem to save my life. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like I can write a short story, but I can't write a poem. Sure, sure. Like it's just not in my DNA. I don't know how you do it. Uh -huh. Like I is it like a rhythm thing or is it like a no? I don't. I, I don't understand. Like I like poetry uh, and I like reading poetry, but I don't necessarily understand what would make something a poem. A poem. It's like pornography, I guess. Like, can I tell you, you something you, that you know that when you see it? Piggybacks off what you just said. Yeah. I was invited to NYC Poefest, uh -huh. and I don't even write poetry. And I literally took prose, like kind of for my novel and like other stuff, and I just broke it into lines. And I get up there and I just read it, and everyone's just like golf clapping afterwards. I'm just uh. like, <laughs> it was so strange. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's wrap this up. What what else can we say? <laughs> What else? Is there anything else? Should we just stop? I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I, I think I think we're good. We talked right everything. We talked in the same cloud. We got obviously. everything. Like, I got everything I needed to talk about. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and review on whichever platform you're listening. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Animal Riot Press or Facebook and Instagram under the same name or through our website, AnimalRiotPress.com. This has been the sixth episode of the Animal Riot podcast with your host, Brian Birnbaum, and featuring Ian Anderson of Mason Jar Press. Transcripts for our deaf and hard of hearing animals are provided by Jonathan Kay, and we are produced by me, Katie Rainey. See you later, you filthy animals. Belly.